Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome into the Titan Size Podcast. I'm Luke Worsham, joined by the other two hosts of the Titan Size Podcast, Matthias Wadner and Will Lomas. We are back after a uh, bit of a sabbatical last week. I was very busy. It's the preseason. No one really cares. So instead of recapping the Tampa Bay game, which wasn't much of a game anyway, uh, we are back right now to recap the Titans' third preseason game, which was against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, I guess preview the game on uh, on Thursday against the Vikings. I don't really know what's to preview. A lot of Luke Falk. That's probably what's to preview. And um, Oy. and yeah, and uh, we're just going to spend most of the time talking about who we think is going to be on the final fifty-three man roster because at this point of the year, that's kind of the most interesting thing to uh, to talk about. So let's hop right in. Uh, we do have some breaking-ish news broke about. A couple of hours before we recorded this regarding uh, a Titans receiver that we all know and love. We'll talk some about that in a minute. But let's start off talking about the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, It's the preseason. Why? Why? Well, (laughs) it's the preseason. Uh, Mike Vrabel had a good quote today. He said he remembers two preseason games from his 10-year career. So that says a lot. But... The thing that concerns me is not the score, not that they haven't won, but this issue of miscommunication between Mariota and Corey Davis. And here's my thing with this. Miscommunication is not a state that players exist in. It is something that happens. When you watch other teams, you'll hear the commentators say, oh, and a bit of miscommunication on that play. The pass is overthrown or the pass is underthrown. It's, but it's just something that happens, like once every now and then. It's not like a constant state. And the way Titans fans are talking and the way the Titans are talking, Mariota and Corey Davis are in this constant state of miscommunication. 
and at that point it's no longer miscommunication it's just lost and so i think that's the concerning thing number one that mariota doesn't look any better than he did last season and he's had a pretty rough training camp and number two that he and Corey davis it's not miscommunication they're just lost at this point yeah that's a pretty good way of putting it i don't know how much better i can put it but um yeah this last game was really concerning um I'm not entirely sure what happened uh, on those Corey Davis plays, um, but they really just shouldn't be happening at this point. I know we're in a new offense. Uh, Corey Davis missed a lot of time last year. Um, but, I mean, whenever he's to practice, everything is fine. Him and Mariota seem to be on the same page most of the time in practice. Uh, at least that's from what I hear. I don't see them. But then we get to the games, and they never seem to be on the same page. Uh, we saw it countless last year and it led to interceptions that really hurt the offense um thankfully it didn't lead to an interception this pittsburgh game um it did. i don't know sometimes it just seems like well, davis, davis that, should be was that taylor that he was throwing for when he threw that terrible interception well not it was top yeah it yeah was, yeah that's what i thought that was we're not we're gonna talk about that <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know what that was but um but i, I don't know it's, it's just concerned because Corey davis is supposed to be the guy um, and he yeah. hasn't been able to establish himself as that player um, any means at, at this point in, in any way. Um, so, yeah, it's concerning. Uh, but but uh, honestly, more than Corey Davis and Mariota's miscommunications, I'm just more concerned about Mariota because it's been a while since we've seen him play uh, very well. I know he, he did fine in the first two preseason games, um, but it was a lot of short passing, and we really didn't see him um test defenses um so, uh, so yeah i'm concerned i know it's preseason but I have, I have a right to be concerned with what i saw uh yes in yesterday's game yeah so i'm i'm the lone mariota defender in this group uh, but i'm not going to defend what he did yesterday i mean it, he didn't look good he looked out of rhythm you know he looked fine when when he was throwing to Tajay Sharp, which is why it makes me kind of concerned that when he was throwing to Corey Davis, he just seemed so off. Yeah, I mean, you should be concerned right now, but not worried that the Titans are going to have, you know, some weird negative representation for this. I mean, it's not what you hope for, but this offense could survive even if Corey Davis isn't an A1, you know, wide receiver. I think the thing that concerns me the most about this is did it take – Andy Dalton and A.J. Green this long to start connecting? No. Did it take Matt Ryan and Julio Jones this long to start connecting? No. Did it take Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson the better part of two years before they figured it out? No. There's really no – maybe there is, and I'm just – it can't. I can't think of it. There's not really precedence for a number one receiver and a quarterback taking a million years before it finally clicks. Right, and I felt like we had gone to a point in the NFL where rookie receivers would just come in um, and had not start dominating, but at least contributing heavily. Um, and then we get to that Corey Davis rookie class. Um, well, I mean, the oh class my. before him wasn't that good either, nor was really the class before that. I mean, okay, yeah. so the class before that was... Well, the Sam, OBJ Sam, one Sam, was just, like, historic. Yeah, so. but, I mean, yeah, think about it. That, that, that class yielded Odell Beckham... Kelvin Benjamin, eh, he's not that good. So, Odell Beckham, 
Mike, Mike Evans, Mike Evans, two elite yeah. receivers right Sammy there, Wall. and then Jar- Jarvis Landry, not an elite receiver, but maybe like the next tier down. And then a tier below that, Watkins and uh, and Calvin Benjamin, Corey mm-hmm. Davis's class, like. My top guy in that class was John Ross, and he did something in the preseason against the Bills, but like he hadn't done anything. <laughs> so does everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mike, okay, so Mike Williams was like the crown jewel of that class. He did nothing as a rookie. And yeah. we talk about the class before them, the illustrious Corey Coleman, Laquan Treadwell, Will Fuller class. That that class straight up is just – they suck. Yeah. Yeah, they got lucky because Tyreek was in that class, but like well, and Michael Thomas, he was too. Fi- a fifth round, and Mike Thomas. But like, yeah. but like those weren't like the crown jewel receivers of that class. That's just luck. Yeah, you're gonna get good players from every class. It's just you know you want your first rounders to really live up. So the guy I think you want to focus on if you're looking for hope for Corey Davis is Devontae Adams. Um, with the Packers, the first two years he was with him, he had 446 yards, then 483 yards. He was terrible. He used yeah. to drop everything. He good. Like he didn't have chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. Like they, they weren't now? good. Yeah, he's got 22 yeah, he, touchdowns yeah. in the last two years. He's great. He's really good. Uh, but he's never caught for a thousand yards, if I recall correctly. Well, he got 997 in 2016. Yeah, so I'm right. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. But uh, he also does lead the NFL in touchdowns over the last two years. So, I mean, even over, like, Mike Evans and Julio Jones and all that. So, I, I mean, and if, if that's what Corey Davis was, if Corey Davis was never a 1,000-yard receiver and he caught 10 or more touchdowns for two straight seasons, I'd be happy with it. Like, Let's look at it this way. What's his uh, pro football focus yards per route run? Because I think yeah. that's what's really let's going to at, determine. What does that even mean? Like – Yards per route run. Like, like theoretically, receivers know. run a like run a route on every pass play. Yeah. So like, how why on earth are we dividing their yards by how many plays the team runs? Like, it's so stupid. I don't know. That's PFS. PFF is on another. Um. Unless they want to sponsor us, and then. So. Uh, <laughs> then you're, you're great. Yeah. <laughs> Pro football focus, uh, yeah. So Harold Landry, I hurt his ankle yesterday. No one really knows what's wrong with him. Uh, no one will because Mike Vrabel is the Titans head coach, and he doesn't do that. But, um, I mean, let, let's talk a little bit about these edge rushers because on paper the Titans have a really good group of edge rushers. They've got two firm, former first-round picks in Arakpo and Morgan. Arakpo's a pro bowler. Morgan's a very consistent, reliable guy. Harold Landry should have been a first-round pick. Luckily, fell to the Titans. Very talented guy. Uh, but then behind that, you've got Aaron Wallace and Sharif Finch. Problem, the top three guys are all hurt, and no one really knows if they're going to be ready week one. My gut tells me that at least a Rackpo will be, but I don't know. And, and we're not going to know until that ball is kicked <laughs> off on September the 2nd or 9th, whenever it is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's just uh, we're we're not gonna know because Rabel's played it very close to the vest. Uh, we do know it's a shoulder injury, right? We know that much. Yeah. With Arakpo, yes. Not because he told yes. us that, but because it was pretty obvious when he got hurt. Yeah, they. Like, saw, yeah. That's people the saw thing. Him. Like we saw Arakpo get hurt. Like it happened right in front of us. No one knows what in the world happened to Rashawn Evans. Like it's just like we look up and he's walking into the locker room. 
Yeah. Although, yeah, I actually, saw him, it just, like, it, there was no inciting incident, it seems like. It seems like he just went to the locker room. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got kind of depressed today thinking about Sean Evans because I was really excited to see him man the middle of our defense. But uh, it's looking like he, he's not going to contribute early in the season. Um, and I don't know how much he's going to contribute all year, really, because he's missed so much time. Um, and for a rookie linebacker, I mean, Vrabel had, uh, had already said um, that he had a lot to learn. Um, and just, just it's been a huge setback. But uh, let's talk a little bit about the edge rushers. Um, it's not in a good state right now. Every Everyone is injured. Uh, Morgan doesn't seem like, well, judging by uh, Paul Kuharski's article, um, he didn't seem all that confident that Morgan was going to even make it back for week one. Um, and that's that concern is compounded because now Harold Landry um, injured his ankle. And no idea uh, when that was a low ankle sprain low ankle or high ankle sprain um it, it could be it could be any degree and, and we won't know until i i guess until the start of the season or even if we might not know so i think that locks in sharif finch for a spot on the roster uh regardless um because we're, we're going to need him for week one no doubt um it could be him and Arakpo out there uh to, st- to start the year um although aaron wallace probably is ahead of him at this point um, so I'm, I'm interested to see how many edge rushers they're going to keep, especially with, with all these injuries that they have um, to their top three. When you, you make a good point on how injuries will affect the 53-man roster, Vrabel acknowledged that uh, today. He said that you know, as, you, as they evaluate the 53-man roster, they're going to have to evaluate health. And as you said, when you look at this edge rush position, that's the one that sticks out where everyone's hurt. And so you're, you're almost forced to keep Sharif Finch at this point just to have numbers on your side at that position. Yeah, it was earlier it was receiver because we had no idea what was going on with Rashard Matthews and um, and Corey Davis had also gotten injured in camp. Uh, so we weren't sure how that was going to play out. Um, and also Campanaro went missing. And now we know he's just – he's gone forever. So, um, But, yeah, the, the – the edge edge was looking so nice uh, with such good depth behind it. Um, it looked like one of our better positions, and now with all these injuries, we're kind of kind of screwed. Uh, but hopefully, this gets healthy uh, in time for 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 a playoff run. Yeah, the funny. Yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, go ahead, Will. Well, I was just gonna say, there's not much to add on that. You know, it just. You hope you hope that Morgan's healthy. You know, it's supposed to be a three to four week injury. If it happened last week before the Pittsburgh game, then that puts him right at four weeks for the opening game. So mm-hmm. you know, it's not as bad. It, you know, had to be less serious. And it's a three week, and he gets to practice the week leading up to the game. Maybe it's not, but I mean, if he's you know a game time decision, Landry's. I'm gonna hope is healthy mm-hmm. enough. Um, but we'll, do we we'll do we know if it's the same ankle that he hurt in college? Because that right would, I, I have I, I no idea. I know it's his right ankle. Also, but what's uh, what's wrong with Malcolm Butler? Yeah, that's all right. All right. Yeah, and, I mean nobody seems to be asking that question, which is really weird. Like we know, like we know that Rashawn Evans has a serious enough injury to where he's kind of 
banged up, but they've tried to get him back out there now, and we're kind of over that. Nobody's really asking about Malcolm Butler, and I have no idea why. Like, you paid a guy $10 million, and he's missed the last two preseason games and, you know, a bunch of practices, and nobody's really talking about it. But nobody seems too concerned. Do you guys remember that episode of SpongeBob SquarePants where – yeah. Mr. Crab sold the Krusty Crab, and that mean guy was in the back, and it was he was called Human Resources, and he would just like you know punch his hand, and you know you didn't want to go to Human Resources. That's Mike Grable with injuries with the press. Like the press doesn't ask about injuries because it's like you know uh, if you have an update on Richard Matthews, do you want to go see Human Resources? Like that. That's the the image. Yeah. So. He's re- he's really beating everybody that asks questions like in, in into submission like, yeah. and I guess that was his point. Like I think it's more of I, I don't I don't think he cares if people really ask him questions now, but I think he's trying to set a precedent so that later he can just say you know check the injury report and nobody will push him on it because they don't want yeah. to back they've had before it's more like he's setting a precedent like bill belichick where he kind of overreacts when small we get stuff. that when we get that first injury report in uh it'll be a week from tomorrow when we get that first injury report i guess a week from wednesday it's gonna be like the holy grail <laughs> they're gonna, gonna be like uh hockey like they, it's gonna be like upper body and lower upper body bur- yeah. get, like that's I think John Glennon made that joke first. I shouldn't take credit for, it, but I think that's funny that like he's gonna be as like vague as he possibly can, and then the NFL is gonna have to make him be more specific, and he's gonna like eventually be like left lower body until he really gets down to, like ankle knee. You because yeah. Delaney Walker uh, by all accounts got his toe stepped on and said "ow my toe" and. Nobody's even really asked. Like everybody's afraid to ask, even though the answer is I probably. Was, has has Walker not done anything since that happened? I didn't. I, like, I, I don't think so. Either like they just kind of like really are limiting his reps. Like and they don't seem to be concerned. I was yeah. Someone stepped on his toe. I, I was one of the ones who heard that. Like yeah. It, he ran a route to the sideline and he caught the ball and then as he was going to the ground, like whoever was covering him fell on his foot. That's what happened. You remember that yeah. time that Travis Frederick, uh, or maybe it was Zach Martin, uh, went up to the second level and like hit Sean Lee and like he tore his ACL and missed the whole season. In like, practice, he, like I, I remember, I remember that vividly because I remember thinking like, man, can you imagine if you're a guard and you go to the next level and you hit your you know star linebacker and put him out for the season? Like, can you imagine how the guy felt that was covering Delaney Walker when he stepped on his toe and like he hadn't been back to practice since? Like, I'd be sweating bullets if I made Delaney pra- Delaney Walker <laughs> to practice. Yeah, and he's 34 years old, so he can take all the all the time he wants. Honestly, yeah, he just rubs his foot. So. Um... Let's hop into talking about this this fifty three man roster. Um, let's just kind of go position by position, um, and we'll, we'll chat. And if we get to a disagreement, we will discuss and probably come to a resolution because that's usually how we work. So, mm-hmm. um, quarterback position, I have two down on my sheet of paper in front of me. That would be Marcus Mariota and Blaine Gabbert. Luke Falk is a terrible football player. Well, I shouldn't say that. He's better than me. But, like... Well, not the competition. Like, it's not, you, you, we all know that you're not, a, like, a football player. Like, you can be a bad NFL football 
when you like, when you draft, he's very good and would destroy everybody in flag football. But it's okay to say <laughs> that he's a bad NFL quarterback. When you draft a quarterback in any round, you are drafting them to get a free four-year contract where you pay them nothing. Yeah. The Titan Luke Falk has been so bad that the Titans are probably going to release him and get rid of that contract and just say, yeah, we kind of screwed that one up. Yeah, we could have just drafted Richie James from Middle Tennessee and yeah. we'd have a nice nice receiver on him. Like, but the, whatever, the, it's the fine. The pick didn't make sense when it happened. Like, I remember seeing that. I'm like, why? Like, they just yeah, signed Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, it, it, it was weird. I, I mean, it was the Tom Brady pick, so maybe... John that, Robinson he's not Tom just Brady. Feeling, feeling. I, I, I <laughs> will to I my know, grave say that Tom Brady's arm has nothing to do why he, with why he's going to be a Hall of Famer. It's all about his feet. Because if you watch that guy play, he has the best pocket yeah. awareness and foot movement in the pocket of anybody to ever play the game. Luke Falk <laughs> is not that. Luke Falk, as you said the other day, Matias, is Zach Edinburgh in the pocket. Just bricks. Without the arm. Without the arm. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's what Matias said. Zach Mettenberger without the arm, which is pretty accurate. By, by the way, whenever the uh, the Memphis Alliance of American football team with Matt and Antonio Andrews plays, the, th- oh, the, three, what the, the three of us are going to have to take a trip to one of those games. Dude, I'm, I'm going to find, like, gear, because I imagine it's, like, five <laughs> bucks to buy shirt, And I'm going to, like, they may pay me to do it. Like, I may, like, deck myself out in this, like, cool, like, Titans – uh, West, I guess, uh, like outfit. Like I'm all about it. Antonio Andrews and Zach Mettenberger. Like there are there are a lot of other former Titans there that like were on our practice squad or were undrafted free agents. Yeah, Corey Vereen is. Uh, Just let me know when Trey McBride gets signed to that team. Dude, Corey Vereen. Uh, Trey McBride's making the Jets team. No, he's not. Ball. He said, <laughs> said the same thing about the Titans twice. <laughs> God, what happened? What happened? Anyway, we're not we're not going to talk about it. Remember that play in the preseason last year where he's wide open and just and he dropped it. That was so hard to oh, dude, that that got him cut. He would have made the team if it wasn't for that. Okay, so I think we all agree it's just going to be Mariota and Gabbert and Falk will be on the practice squad. Yes. Okay, running back. Um, This is where. Okay, so obviously Derrick Henry, Deion Lewis, and David Fluellen, who has looked really yeah. good in the preseason. Talking about he's Fluellen. so good, it doesn't yeah. make sense. It, yeah, it, he's, it absolutely good. does not make sense because he's been pretty garbage his whole career. Dude, it's that zone read. He cuts so hard against the grain that yeah, he, like he like people. I I don't know what it is, but he puts a foot in the ground and he cuts like nobody we have. He, he's been plus really he plays impressive. special teams. So yeah, and when you play for Mike Vrabel, that like special just makes teams, you better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so when it comes to the fourth running back, I think this is where a waiver claim could potentially come in. We, we kind of mentioned before we started recording, we would talk some about the potential of claiming players at waivers. I have two positions where I think that they need to, to look to other teams' scraps to try to find someone because, yeah, Wadley and Dalen Dawkins have looked all right, and Wadley had that nice kick return against the Packers, but... I think when you're looking at that fourth running back spot, you don't really want a kick returner. You'd rather have another David Fluellen, like a, an actual special teamer. And so mm-hmm. I think at that spot, 
you look for maybe not a veteran. I'm not talking about like going out and getting a like someone like uh, Jamal Charles. But what I mean is like someone like the equivalent of Nick Williams at the running back position, like someone that that's reliable and you know they're going to be in the right spot. And that's why yeah. I think Wadley and Dawkins are more practice squad kid candidates. What do you guys think? Yeah, they're. I think they're both going to be on the practice squad, and I don't think they're going to get claimed because Wadley really didn't show all that much in preseason, um, and he sat out this last preseason game. So I'd be cool with them just – I don't even know if he's still injured, but just him sitting out the fourth preseason game and just stash him on the practice squad because I still like his potential um, uh, in the future, um, especially as Dion Lewis gets a little bit older and there's 30, so we could we could use him in the future. Yeah, I have him keeping Wadley. Like, I, I really like Wadley. Like, I mean, he hadn't anything special in the preseason, but if you go back and watch him at Iowa and you kind of see flashes of that now, but, I mean, who does he have blocking? I mean, like he it's not like he's getting these wide-open lanes and just kind of going off of the side. He also had that really nice catch versus Green Bay that converted the fourth mm-hmm. thing. Um, so, I mean, he, he, he looks good enough to keep, but he's one of those – what is it seven guys that are inactive every week like i think he's the guy you keep inactive and then if something happens you bring him up so he can take you know 10 carries on offense you can still use fluellen on special teams and on offense and it's it's not a stretch of the imagination that the titans only keep three running backs because if you remember they did that pretty much all of last year until uh until Murray went on whatever he went on. I don't think it was IR. I think they just deactivated him and then brought in uh, Kalfani Muhammad. But up until that point, it was just Murray, Henry, and Fluellen. And, and uh, so, you know, it's yeah. not outside the realm of possibility that they do only keep three. But if I'm, and, running, if I'm John Robinson, I think I keep four, and the fourth is not Akram Wadley. Really? The Rams only kept three, but, like, I mean, so even though they were heavy running back-centric in their offense, they only kept three. But I don't know. Like, Dalen Dawkins had that huge miss in pass protection that ended up with, uh, I think it was Luke Falk, just getting absolutely walloped. Um, yeah, yeah. And they really, I mean, it really ended any kind of uh, drive or anything like that. Not that we had much hope or anything like that, but it was one there of those things. There was no drive. Where, yeah, it was one of those things where you see him like you see him just like think he's supposed to get that guy, but you can see he's not sure, so he just leaves him and he gets blown right by and just a clean hit on the quarterback. And if you're going to be a guy, you know, who's trying to make the roster, I, I think, and I tweeted this that I think Akram Wadley helped himself by not playing against the Steelers because I think everybody had bad tape against the Steelers except Deion Lewis. I have a question, though, mm-hmm. uh, in, in regards to Wadley, because let's say we do keep him. How sure are we that he's not just going to be our starting kick returner? Because who is our kick returner right now? Well, um, <laughs> but it'll be is it Nick Williams. I don't even no, know. No, I think uh, last year was a Dory, last year was a Dory Jackson. Yeah, it'll yeah be but they Dory. haven't been using him. Ever. Um, I, I think it's uh. Probably been up in the air. Practice, right? The wild they one took one yesterday. The wild card is they keep Cameron Batson and make him the kick returner, but I don't see that, that happening. That can't. Like, just yeah. keep, like you, you can't keep a guy who's like at one twenty-five yard return and just because he can kind of catch a ball. Like you can't. 
roster spot for that. That would that would drive me insane. Yeah. Um, Maybe they're just they're just keeping Adori on ice in terms of they, kick yeah. returns. There, there yeah. was some smart let's decision see. making. Darius Jennings returned kickoffs yesterday. That it could be him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could be, it could be Burnett. I mean, it could be Burnett Williams. Any of those, you know, it could be Ross, one of those lower tier guys. But so let's go ahead and move into the receiver position since we're already kind of bringing some of those guys up. Um, the locks are obviously the top four: Rashard Matthews, Corey Davis, Taywan Taylor, Tajay Sharp. Behind that is where it's kind of up for discussion. Um, I see them keeping six. Which do you remember last year when we were like they're gonna keep ten receivers because like <laughs> we we just wanted uh, Trey McBride to make the team and yeah. Harry Douglas and, and Eric yeah. Decker and Eric Weems and, Eric and yeah yeah and uh, they kept ten tight ends instead <laughs> they put what, what they put sharp on IR yeah like oh yeah yeah season and that, that's everybody's yeah, numbers up. that's not gonna happen this time uh, I do think they'll keep six just because they have some depth that they won't want to lose. Um, my two behind the top four are Darius Jennings and Nick Williams. Nick Williams yeah. not necessarily is who I would keep because I think there's an argument to be made that you keep Burnett or even Devin Ross over him. But I I just think he's the ultimate. Like if Mike Malarkey was still here, Mike Malarkey would be all over Nick Williams. And, and Mike Vrabel seems to be all over him as well. He's a John Robinson guy, that reliable team first, you know, lunch pail kind of guy. And so I just think he sticks because he's reliable. He's always where you need him to be. And he showed in the first preseason game that he's not going to just exclusively be able to contribute on special teams like Eric Weems was. He can be an offensive contributor to an extent. Yeah, he has some talent, and he had that huge block on the on the Taylor touchdown. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think... I th- I think you're right with Williams and Jennings being being those two. And if they do go with seven, obviously Deontay Burnett would be uh, that seventh receiver. I I think, I think. But I would assume because I, I he's... Been, I don't see the point of any team in the NFL keeping seven receivers. I think it's a I know. Race. It's it's a... Well, it's... Unless, unless players are injured. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no I, one's injured. I mean, I, they have, like, I don't know. I, I don't know... The only reason I have, I because I do have them keeping seven. The only reason I have them keeping seven is because there's not a ton of talented guys from fifty to fifty three, and for some reason they love Jennings, even though he really doesn't show up in preseason games. Um, I mean, I'm keeping Williams, Burnett, and Jennings just Williams because he's done the most, Burnett because he looks like if he was given more responsibilities he could do more, and Jennings because every time they have practice somebody talks about what a great catch he made, even though I don't even see him get targeted more than one or two times a game in the preseason. So if I had to pick one guy to be off that list, it would be Jennings. But I, I think that's just because I haven't been able to watch him in practice and all that kind of stuff. But You're, you're absolutely right about Jennings. He's been really good in practice and – kind of disappeared in the preseason aside from that slant he ran against the Packers for a yeah. touchdown. Um, yeah. But you I'm know, sure you know what? Deont- Deont- the same could honestly be said about Deontay Burnett. Yeah, I but mean, in, in like the late late third, early fourth where they start throwing him the ball and he catches every – I mean, he had that toe-tap catch. He's got some of the best hands I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every, 
like if you're a coach and you're looking for somebody at the depth, you know, as your sixth, seventh wide receiver, and you're like, okay, I want somebody who can just get in position and catch the ball and fall down. Like I want somebody who's not going to hit the ball in the air and let it get picked. Then that's Burnett. I mean, it's not it's not Jennings and it's not Williams who you know I haven't watched Jennings as closely, but I know Williams had a pass that it was like that shovel pass that Mariota threw that would have been a huge chunk game, but it was kind of a weird off time throw. Um, which is why he was kind of open, and he he didn't get that one. And I mean, I think Williams is a guy who can do a bunch of things. But if I'm talking about like I'm going to put a guy out there for one play, and it's fourth and three, and everybody's going to run a slant, and I just want somebody who can catch the ball and fall, then Burnett's probably on my list of guys I want out there. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, but I think the receiver position is going to be the one that's it's going to be the most interesting to see. Yeah. Not. And there's yeah, going to be, yeah. inevitably, it may not be at the receiver position, but somewhere there's going to be a shock like there was last year with Ty Smith, and it ended up you know, totally being they, the right decision, but there's going but, to be a shock somewhere. What they'll do is they'll trade Tajay Sharp. No. That, I mean, it's insane. That, I mean, it's I think that's here. the move. I mean, you've got your top three locked up. I think they've been playing them over Taewon for that. I mean, why, I could, why would you trade a player who is going to help your team for a useless draft pick where you don't know if you're going to get no, someone I, as good I, as him? They'll swap for somebody who has got a position on their who, roster. Who is trading for Tajay Sharp? Who's going I, to give I mean, up a player, number one, that would satisfy the Titans, and number two, for Tajay Sharp, who has done nothing in the NFL other than like catch for 600 yards his rookie season. Big deal. Yeah, but the Bills. I feel like the Bills would trade more. Like when the Titans traded for Dennis Kelly, like it, I mean, nobody knew who Dennis Kelly was. The, the Bills and have Tajay Sharp's twin brother and Zay Jones. Like, Zay Jones, they're yeah. the same player. Uh, I mean, Dallas. I don't know, but but I mean, that just he seems like the guy who's got the most tradable contract on the roster, who doesn't really have a position because he's really a boundary wide receiver. Like he doesn't do anything in the slot that's really dynamic. So. I mean, he's probably going to be stuck on the outside. I just don't – and they just re-signed Rashard Matthews, so I don't know that they really like him all that much. I mean, he seems like I, – I mean – He's been by the starting. Way, yeah, but, I mean, I understand that, but I don't know. I just – I don't buy it. Like, I don't – the money, the way they've invested in wide receivers with drafting Corey Davis, Taewon Taylor, and signing uh, – Rashard Matthews to an extension. I mean, they're not acting like he's a guy they want starting. I mean, I, I'm gonna be. I, I don't. Uh, I I'm, I'm, you should be in love with him as a top three receiver on this roster. And if you can move him, move him now. Now they may not have somebody to take him, but that would be the quote unquote surprise move that I would imagine happens. I'm kind of nervous about us uh, losing Deontay Burnett because I think yeah, he's got a bright I, I future. He's 20 years old, like, yeah. and he looks great when he's on the field. So I'm a little concerned about losing guys. And for it's for that if they keep him, which I certainly think is within the realm of possibility. That's the reason. It's not to play him this year. It's to control him. No, no. Yeah, it's a it's a stash for the future. Yeah. Especially with Richard. Well, he's had an extension, but it, there's zero guaranteed money. So. Yeah, there it is a team on Richard. Yeah. Rashard Matthews, we didn't really mention this when we talked about him earlier. He's really good. I'd like forgotten until I looked at some of his numbers. 
and like he's thought awesome. thought about some of the things he's done with Mariota. He's like actually a really good receiver, and <laughs> like they. He's it's our best good receiver. that they have him. There's oh no yeah, doubt. yeah. It's good. Yeah, that he's they our have best him. receiver. Uh, yeah, he's really good in the red zone too. Like that's his that's his niche. Yeah. Is he's just he's a really good red zone target. Yeah. Okay. It didn't show up last year because our offense was just terrible. But. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. I mean, yeah. Like my my dad, I, I've, I think I've talked about him on here before. He's not like a huge football fan, but he like really knows the game and like likes the sport. And so like every now and then we'll be at a game and he'll just make a comment. And I remember one time we were watching a Titans game last year and he saw one of their red zone possessions. He just shook his head and he looked at me. He said, that's not good. Like talking about their, <laughs> their play calling sequence. Yeah. Like it just it never made any sense. Um, anyway, tight ends. Let's move on to that position. I think they'll keep three. I think this Ferkser nonsense needs to go out the window. <laughs> They're going to keep Walker, Stalker, and Smith. Done deal. This is not Mike Malarkey's offense anymore. Say what you want about Mike Malarkey's offense, whether you liked it or not. We definitely know they're not going to need five million tight ends like Mike Malarkey did. Too Ferkser reminds me of that. Uh, remember Taylor Thompson? Yes. Was like this yes. huge athletic tight end. Yes. But he's a defensive the former end. defensive end. Yes. Yeah. He was like actually pretty good in preseason. I'm pretty sure, but like he caught a touchdown he never actually in the regular played. season. From Fitzpatrick. Oh, you might be right. Well, that's going to be Ferkser in the future. It was against the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2013, if I'm not yeah, wrong. Yeah, 2013. Yeah, huge season for him. Three catches for 13 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> so, <laughs> honestly, though, Ferkser does look good. And he's young, so. I don't I don't understand this weird, like, this weird Taylor Thompson hate the argument. I mean, he's Jack Gould. He's a guy who's going to sit down and get you 12 yards and just sit down in the middle of the field. You know, he's Jack Doyle. He's Craig Stevens. He's all those, like, bigger-bodied tight ends that we've had in the past who aren't really athletic or, you know, aren't really great blockers, but they're not afraid to die. And, like, they'll just go and <laughs> run a curl route and get hit by a linebacker in the back and get up and do it again. Like Ferks are screams practice hey. squad. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Dude, um, I I don't know. So offen- love them, by the way. Offensive line, and I'm particularly curious to see how you feel about this group, Will, because this isn't really my expertise. Um, I think they'll keep – this is a conservative number. I think they'll keep eight offensive linemen, the starting five, and that includes Conklin, and then the extra three being Dennis Kelly, Kevin Palmfield, and Corey oh. Levin. Okay, it's either Palmfield or Xavier Suafilo. Pick your point. No, 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 not Suafilo. That guy, that guy holds on every play. It's because he can't block with technique. God, he sucks. He can't do anything. And that Stinny guy is one. Whatever. I'm not gonna. Did you see the play? I think Mike Miracles tweeted it out. Where like. Yeah, on the touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. The Bucks had a worse one. I'll send it to you in a second, and you can you can watch it the next time you're not talking. But Will, what do you think about the offensive line room? Do you think that's the yeah, eight so, they keep? Uh, I think they keep seven. Like they have to find guys on the I, way. I just think that's too. I was going to say they're, they're probably going to yeah, pick a way. Yeah, they won't, they won't like just keep seven. They'll have to add somebody. But I mean, 
there's only seven NFL quality offensive linemen in this group, and that's Lawan Conklin and Kelly at the tackle position, and Jones, Spain, Klein, and Levin. Yeah, like, but, but Palm Field can, has versatility, and that's yeah, a big plus. But that just means that he can be bad at two positions. Like <laughs> versatility is good if you're a good player. But if you can't block anybody at guard and you can't block anybody at tackle, I mean, that doesn't make you versatile. Like, I, I see that argument a lot, but I've seen him miss assignments at both positions. Like, I don't I don't need to see more. Like, I, I don't know. And they may keep him because I think he may be on a two-year deal. Is he two-year or one-year? Do you all know? Can feel? I know. I it's, one. it's one. It's one. It's one. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, like, if I were the Titans, I would call it Brian Sch- Twinkie today, but it was Brian Twinkie. Where is he's Brian Twinkie? He's not on a team. No, yeah, he's he's yeah he's undrafted. Bring, him, not, in. Bring him in right yeah. now. What the world? He's living in. Nashville. He's on the path. He's on yeah, the path. He's living in Nashville. I saw him uh, the other day. Oh, so he's on but, the he's on the Patriots. Patriots. Yeah, oh, but he's not gonna make. He's not gonna make the team. You yeah, saw he him the agree. other day. <laughs> yeah, I saw him two weeks ago. Um, he oh, that's right with Michael August first. He signed yeah, August first. Michael Ruth. Um, Bring but yeah, so get Palm feel out of here. Brian Schwenke is yeah, like, there's, there's guys that you can, you know, you can find a guy through waiver wire. They did it last year. They, they yeah. signed him. He, he won't be a waiver claim because he's a, a vested veteran, but like they did the same thing last year. The Colts cut him and they brought him back and basically they yeah, just yeah. didn't have to pay him for training camp. Yeah. I mean, there's just not like. Uh, there's there's not more than seven guys that deserve to be on the team, and I think, you know, I think John Robinson knows that, and I think Vrabel knows that. I mean, I don't think that's a big secret. Like, I think they know that behind. Really, like nobody's eighth offensive lineman is that good, but at the same time, like you can find somebody better than Panfield who's just missed assignments consistently all preseason. Yeah. So yeah, keep Levin. Keep. Uh, Kelly and you're starting five and then go out and claim somebody off of waiver wires who's young and who you like and then worry about the rest later but uh, there, there's not there's not eight guys much less nine guys I would keep on the team but yeah we, I mean you could see them sign two guys yeah I, I I'm with you there so uh let's move to the defense and start with edge pass rushers I think this is one that I, I don't think there's going to need to be a ton of discussion. I, th- I think they keep five, and it's going to be Rackpo, Morgan, Landry, Wallace, and Finch. The only thing I would say, uh, just jumping ahead real quick, is if they know that the top three aren't healthy, I think they keep Caraway. Like, I think that's uh, yeah. the uh, one I was thing. I say the same thing. I think you're right. I don't think they like Caraway, but I think they might be forced to keep him. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think they love him. I don't think he's that good. I mean – he was a seventh round draft pick for a reason and like they refused to like like remember last year when he was on the practice squad for almost every game yes yeah okay I like him but he's kind of a one trick pony I feel like he doesn't really so uh, interior defensive line I can see them keeping six at this position simply because they might they can afford to Uh, Benny Logan Jarrell Casey Austin Johnson, Julius Wormsley, David King, and Daquan Jones. Say that again. Uh, Benny Logan, Gerald Casey, Austin Johnson, Julius Wormsley, David King, and Daquan Jones. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I see no qualms with that. 
Yeah. Although I, ha- I, I feel like I haven't heard a defensive lineman's name in all of preseason. No, except just for Wormsley. Wormsley. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't see King making this roster just based on, you know, the way my numbers have it. Like, I just have five. I have Wormsley. But, I, I mean, I think that's a place they could definitely go waiver claim too. Like, I think they're thin at defensive line, especially if they're going to, you know, view Austin Johnson and Benny Logan as kind of co-starters. I think they're a little bit light. Hello. Hello. Is he gone? What I, happened? I think they're a little bit like, and then you just stop. No, a little bit light. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, <laughs> let's move on to inside linebacker. This is another one where I don't think there should be much discussion. Uh, they keep. I, th- I think they keep five. It's going to be Evans, Woodyard, Jayon Brown, Compton, and Darren Bates. Yep. I mean, who else would they keep? And I don't see them cutting Darren Bates. No one. No. Bates yeah. is too valuable on special teams. Yeah. Safety slash uh, linebacker Spillane. Oh, my God. He was so good. <laughs> okay. I didn't know he existed until the games. I swear, I have never seen him at practice. <laughs> not like not like never seen him make a play. Like, I literally have never seen him not on the TV. <laughs> he made plays the first two first two games too he yeah. he just gets out there and just makes plays like i remember yeah, thinking who in the world guy. is that and then i remember last week and yesterday watching i'm like okay why have i never like seen him I, it's weird if we if we played like a team from the 1980s somehow and we needed another linebacker you know just a thumper yeah we should bring him in off the practice <laughs> squad yeah. he'll, he'll be on the practice squad Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. That's where we'll close. We'll close with picking ten for the practice squad. Uh, let's move on to cornerback. Uh, Adoree Jackson, Logan Ryan, Malcolm Butler, Lashawn Sims. Those are all locks. I don't think Rico Gafford is good. I think this is another waiver claim spot. Hmm. Yeah. No. Get. Uh, I'd be shocked if Gafford made a team. Everyone's guess, like, he's had a good camp. I'm like, no, he hasn't. You you just read his 40 time and assumed that he's good. Like, <laughs> Oh, he's fast. And Mike Keith talks fast. about That is one thing like that's undeniable. He is ridiculously fast. <laughs> but, like, so, you know, like, every time I look at him, Kerry uh, Coombs is in his face screaming at him. And, like, Kerry Coombs, like, he's an aggressive guy, but, like, He's not running around to Malcolm Butler going, you need to get your hand inside. I'm like, but he does that to Gafford like all day long. Uh, yeah, like I I wouldn't keep uh, more than – like with who we have now, like you have the top four and then maybe Durden. Like he, he's been really good the past couple days. I don't days. even know who that is. Who is he was bad in the Bucks game, man. Is, I don't, who is I don't he? know. Who is Durden? Dude, I, I, that's, that's, I don't have him on mine, but he's the only guy I've heard outside of the top four that people have talked about, talked good about. I, I don't. Is Crookshank healthy? Because he can yes. play cornerback if we needed him to. He'll be Kalen Reed. Like slot corner, maybe. Yeah, no, K- he's not going to play Reed's outside. Kalen on injured reserve. No, he's saying no. Like, he would be a Kalen Reed uh, type. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, I yeah. get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so I, I think they need to add someone at that spot that is better than Rico Gafford. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, 
Safety? I feel like I'm forgetting someone here. Uh, I have Bayard, Vaccaro, Lewis, and Cruikshank. I feel like someone... Trow Trowick. That's Trowick. what I couldn't forget. Yeah. Okay. Trowick, so those five. He's making the team for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's a super good player. Too. Also, Damon Webb, that safety from Ohio State, uh, he played very well in this last he game. He didn't play that tip. Yeah, yeah, he had a couple. He had a couple good plays, so he, he's definitely going to be on the practice squad. Uh, One of his prep pet projects. So we all agree on those five safeties making the team. I think so. Yeah, does that yeah. get us the fifty-three? And you know, oh. <laughs> we're at forty-one. I mean, I, my my list is at, my list is at fifty-two, and that's without Deontay Burnett. So. I could yeah. make the case pretty easily for Deontay Burnett to be that 53rd guy. That's why have, I figured seven receivers made sense, because if you're keeping three running backs and three tight ends, seven receivers is Well, I mean, is, I have them with room to keep seven receivers with four tight ends, or excuse me, four running backs and three tight ends. Huh. I have them keeping four running backs, seven tight ends, or seven, <laughs> sorry. Seven <laughs> tight backs. Mike Malarkey all over again. Yeah, Mike Malarkey. Uh, I have four Semish running backs. Semish is making the team. Seven wide receivers and four tight ends. But that's because I think they only keep eight offensive linemen, and right now I only have them with seven. So, like, you're kind of like you go light on quarterback and offensive line, and you go heavier on those positions. I felt bad uh, for uh, Nick DeLuca. I don't know if either of you know who that is. He yeah, the D lineman that played tight end for three days and then got cut. Like, yeah, he got signed by somebody that didn't he? Like the Bucks or somebody? He realized we cut him. Oh my god, that's bad. Yeah, I was on the Jaguars, of course. And then obviously we've got the special teamers getting that intel. Get your punter. <laughs> Set long snapper. Okay, so let let's talk before we close out about um about the practice squad. Um. I think Luke Falk, I think Devin Ross, I think Anthony Ferkser. Uh, feel free mm -hmm. to throw some names in if you guys want to. Those are just kind of the first three that came to mind. Uh, uh, I think Lampkin uh, He's a young nose tackle. I think he might be on the practice squad. Um, who else? Even... Maybe Cameron, oh, yeah, Cameron Batson. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, Batson, they seem to want to give opportunities to. That's the only reason I can think why they're letting him return uh, kicks. He's not good at it. Or, instead of Ross or Beasy, well, it could, be, it could be more than one. I don't know why I'm... What about and, uh, any, one or both any of the... offensive linemen? One or both of the running backs. Yeah, for sure. I think both. I think, yeah, I think they keep one. I think it's Akram Wadley's on top, but I think if they, got, if they put Wadley on... Um, the 53, and then Dawkins will be on practice squad. They don't have any offensive linemen that I know of who would be practice squad eligible. Right. Technically, Mars te isn't, technically right? Corey Levin is practice squad eligible, but. Yeah. I mean, what do you need for team? practice squad? I think Mars is Less eligible. Less than three years, either on a. Two years of NFL experience or three years on a practice squad makes you ineligible. Uh, okay, so Mars is eligible, but he's bad. By the way, the, so. thing, the weirdest thing about Mars in the world. I was looking at the team media guide. His name is pronounced Merritt. Yeah, that is. No, you're kidding me, bro. Yeah, because because uh, my what? Kept talking it's about spelled M A R Z and it's pronounced Merritt's. Merritt's. <laughs> uh, do you remember oh, okay. uh, the linebacker we had? 
Moses Foku, whose yes. name was not <laughs> Moses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, was like Moise. Moises. Yeah, it was Moise. Moise. Yeah. <laughs> there was no S at the end. Yeah, that was the weirdest pronunciation. <laughs> like, I felt like, I mean, I felt like that was just wrong. It, he was just trying to give people something easy to pronounce. It was. That was it. I heard him say that in an interview one time. It, it, it was, felt, it was it wrong. His sense. name was Moises. Moise. That was, like that was this, it. It was Moise. It was M O I S E. Like a small. Man. Yes, yes. Um, Robert Spillane. Did we say him? No. Yeah. Also, he, Caraway. We didn't even. We didn't even mention him. Oh yeah, Caraway. He doesn't make. Probably him. be back. Yeah. And then we'll also get uh, an extra roster spot just to start the season if Conklin's not healthy. So Conklin's oh, not sure. going to start on pup. They're going to put him on the active roster. Because when you start it's on pup, you miss six weeks automatically, and I don't, oh, I don't think it's going to be out right. that long. Okay. Yeah. No, they won't do that. Yeah. So hmm. okay. So I have for practice squad: Luke Falk, Devin Ross, Anthony Furser, Lampkin, Cameron Batson, Dalen Dawkins, Akram Wadley, Robert Spillane, Josh Caraway. That's nine. Webb. Webb. Damon Webb. Yeah. Webb. Damon Webb. Yeah. Ten. It's ten, right? Yeah. Yep. And that we would did be it. So we did it. Perfect. I think that's a. I think that makes a lot of sense. That's a pretty stacked practice squad. To be honest with you. It really There's is. There's some good players on there. Yeah. One of the, one of uh, some of them might get uh, picked off by someone. Uh, let's close then with with that topic. That's a, a good idea. If of these players that we've kind of talked about, let's say Deontay Burnett's out of the conversation. Who of those of the players we've talked about that might get cut do you think would be the most likely to be claimed on waivers by another team? Because my answer, if it's not um, Deontay Burnett, honestly, I think some clueless team could claim Luke Falk. <laughs> to say the same thing. Dude, he's the third best. Just he's like a just to get, like, to get the four-year like contract. No, but uh, I think Wadley probably better chance Falk to get claimed, uh, just because teams love these like shifty pass catching running backs. Plus, he has value on uh, on returns and stuff. I can see Ferks are getting like if for whatever reason like somebody's been reading the clippings and they turn on just the uh, second half of the Pittsburgh game and they see Ferks are drive the ball essentially by himself. I mean, especially if he has a bigger game next week. If you try to cut him and slip him on practice squad, I could see somebody trying to pick him up. Another guy Oops. we kind of forgot about the practice squad is Rico Gafford. I didn't forget. <laughs> <laughs> I, I applaud you for that because he's not good at football. <laughs> well, uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, keep us in your thoughts and prayers because we're going to have to suffer through Thursday night's preseason finale against the Vikings oh, the, the Kendall Wright revenge game as we call it um, last week was the Justin Hunter revenge game like it didn't really hit me until after the game I'm like oh my goodness that dude still plays in the NFL I can't I just can't first Cody Sensiball last year and now Justin that, Hunter. that was really the moment like oh my goodness that guy still plays like yeah. in my mind that's the equivalent of like uh, who would it be? Um, not Jared Cook. Like, Craig Stevens, like, coming back from the dead, essentially, and playing. Like, 
just playing week one for yeah. the Dolphins, a catching a touchdown against us. Dolphins coming back and playing, like signing a one-year deal with the Titans, like out of retirement. Yeah. That was that last was, year. That was right? weird. Do you remember when uh, Matt Neely reported that Craig Stevens was coming out of retirement? It was like, oh, was that who it was? Yeah, and it was completely yeah. not true. Oh, that's super funny. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. We will see you guys next week. Uh, we will have the 53-man roster. We will go over that. We will do an actual opponent preview. No more talking about who's making the roster, what backup guy are we interested in seeing. We are going to do matchup previews. We are going to preview an opponent, the Miami Dolphins. It is going to be a lot of fun. We're planning on having a special guest join us who has been on the show before. Uh, he's a Viking. He's a Dolphins expert, former Titan expert. You probably know who he is. Um, so definitely watch next week's episode. Subscribe to us on uh iTunes. We're not on SoundCloud. Um, we are on Google Play and Spreaker. So until then, for Matthias Wadner and Mo Lomas, I'm Luke Worsham. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Titan Size Podcast. Uh, enjoy Thursday night's game. We will talk next week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.